0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit
1: sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 137.
2: Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float.
1: Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong.
2: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope
0: this station is now the ultimate power in the universe i find your lack of faith disturbing it's against my programming to impersonate a deity.
3: that's not how the force
1: works
0: force is with me and i am with the force and i fear nothing
1: remember the force will be with you always Hello there, everyone. I'm Mike Creevy a.k.a. Old Ben, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Please be sure to share this podcast on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know how we're doing over there. Leave us a review. And uh, tonight we're excited to be digging into Episode 10 of Andor. Only two more to go. This one's called One Way Out. So, joining me tonight to unpack all this are Robert King. Welcome to the Secrets of Star Wars. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh Bigley. Glad to have you back. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, so, yeah, we have this. Uh, uh, well, I guess next week is the the, the penultimate episode. I don't know if there's something before penultimate, but we, we we only have a few left to go here. But and uh, before, pen penultimate. That's right. It's, it's uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. That's one of those words I was using incorrectly for like a couple of years. And then someone corrected me. I was like, oh man, that's, that's a good one to know. Now, now I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so our, our real quick overview here is, um, I'm just going to give a you know quick sort of synopsis for the episode We're as usual, assuming with these kinds of shows that if you're listening to this, you've probably seen this episode and, uh, spoiler alerts ahead of time so if you haven't seen it just just go watch the episode that would just be silly um, but anyway uh, this is again called one way out it's episode 10 and this is really this culminating episode uh regarding the uh, the prison situation on narkeena 5 so uh, basically you you don't have a whole lot of the other subplots in here um you have a couple of things we're going to get into dealing with the situation back on ferrix but that's just a quick little checkup. Uh, We have the situation uh, ongoing with uh, uh, Supervisor Miro and kind of what's what's going on with the ISB. We get a little check in on uh, and then some stuff with Luthen that we're going to talk about uh, later, which is pretty cool. A little a little more of a uh, still not a lot of detail, but a little more window into kind of his world. So basically, the main uh, plot um, of this episode deals with picking up right after Olaf's death from the last episode. Uh, You see them taking him out in a body bag. Very somber, uh, and then you get very quickly this this exchange between cassian and uh, and Kino, of course played by uh, Andy Serkis, and Kino's kind of all worked up we don 't know why we find out later in a pretty amazing and dramatic way uh, but cassian is is really starting to show his his i don 't know if leadership's I, I would use leadership, but at least he's he 's focused he's is very clear about where they 're at that this is basically a situation where they 're not getting out. Um, they're basically just when you get you know released from prison, you're just sent to another prison, you know, um, that this is all uh, just a big game and uh, they're going to die. And, and he basically says, you know, I'd rather die, you know, fighting back basically than die, giving them what they want, you know, and, and Keno's just, he doesn't, he seems on the fence. He seems really upset and he doesn't really respond. Um, and casting keeps putting pressure on them. They get back in their cells and everyone's asking what's going on. And Cassian takes it upon himself to let everybody know the situation. Kino finally snaps and sort of yells out, uh, no one's getting out, steps up. They all listen to him. And that's when we first get this uh, uh, sort of sense that he's he's on board. <laughs> uh, he know he, he he sees the writing on the wall. They got to do something. So he says, let's start figuring this out. We cut over to some of those other scenes I mentioned, which we're going to unpack here shortly. Uh, then back to the main prison a situation where they clearly have a plan the next day it's a big dramatic build-up to uh to the events that are going to play out and uh basically the prison break happens so <laughs> without further I mean that pretty much covers it you know we see at the very end of the episode um Melchie and and Cassian kind of running off into the distance and uh wherever they're headed which we'll you know clearly be picking up on next time so um, so with that in mind, I thought guys we'd we jump back here, as I said before we started, um, and just you know, see any thoughts you might have on those those briefer segments. Uh we have the situation with Cinta back on Ferrex, kind of keeping an eye on what's going on with Marva. Um, uh, because of course, you know, they still the Aldani crew, you know, still wants to <clears throat> find out what happened to Cassie and he's a loose end, they have to tie up. They obviously don't learn a whole lot more, but we learn that Marva is not taking her medicine or medication. So uh, there's a doctor on his way to the house. We overhear some of that, just see Sinta kind of paying attention. Uh, but then Miro has someone watching the house too, or Sinta, or how'd you guys take that? Who who was he looking at?
3: I think it's also looking at um, Cassian's mother, because they did start showing interest in the ISP, and I don't think that they know of... The names are out of my mind right now. Right now. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. They're not watching her because they don't know about her yet. Sinta oh Cinta, right. Cinta, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, the right. name. <laughs> yeah, but both Cinta and
2: and um uh the the Imperial agent who we can we know is Imperial because he's wearing that Imperial cap. Um right.
1: and, Corv. Uh, C-O-R, but, which, yeah, Corv is his oh, name was, apparently. It was, it was,
2: Hey, it's good to have a name in the script. He has an um, entry
1: on Wikipedia. That that means you've made it,
2: I guess. Yeah. Well, uh Yeah, they're all keeping an eye on Marva and one of the videos I watched uh in the um since the episode was speculating that Marva's probably going to be central to the next couple episodes like marva is going to be the the lever they use to get at cassian Mm. and i think that's um i don't know that's as good a speculation as any um
1: i think so i think so yeah um and we by the way i want to add we have father father jeff horton has just joined us father how are you doing
0: Doing pretty well. A beautiful <laughs> clear night out there. I was looking at things with
1: my telescope. I, oh wait, oh. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <here I> <laughs> Enga- engaging in in the truest sense of wonder and awe. So no, welcome. Yeah, we you just we just jumped in and just went through the just the synopsis. So that's that's where we we decided to do the um the the sort of shorter like twenty or thirty second uh, you know clips and stuff first, and then get to the prison stuff. So, but uh, did you have any any thoughts on the the Ferrex uh, stakeout? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Clearly, I think is trying to pick up Cassian's trail and some aspect of the Imperials. I mean, the Imperials in body don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, but some, not mm. in good sense, sadly, but some some <laughs> yeah, <factor> yeah. <laughs> that is, is catching on and trying to catch up with him.
1: Sure. Sure. And so, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I guess the big question I have from that, though, is what does Marva think she's going to accomplish
3: by not taking her medication? She said it's because she um, it makes her not want to eat. And yeah. she's like, if I got to eat, I'm going to eat. I'm not going to take this medicine. I think mm. it's just her being a difficult older woman. <laughs> she's just <laughs> I, resilient about it.
2: I guess I was wondering, you know, is she like trying to keep up her strength to rebel in some particular way or something? I don't know.
0: I forget the
2: droid's name, but I think he'd be nagging her throughout this to take her
1: medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was you, a B you would think. Yeah, B two. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, I I suspect you know I mean clearly by the time we get to him in in Andor or I'm sorry in Rogue One, Cassian you know I mean he doesn't doesn't have anyone or anything and right now it's like he still has Marva so I I think most of us are just assuming at some point she has to leave the story somehow, you know. I'm still wondering if the sister thing is going to develop, too. I suspect maybe that might be a season two thing, if at all.
0: I I frankly didn't believe Marvel when she said there is no sister. I don't believe it. Right.
1: I think she's trying to spare
0: him. She
2: does tell him, uh, was it the last episode? Or it was the episode before he ran off to the and got caught in prison. Mm. Um, But she says, you need to stop looking for your sister. Which is the only other reference we've had to a sister since the first episode. Right. So I, I I feel like the sister is a promise that's been dangled out there in front of us. Yeah. And it's the closest I have to, like, a really deeply personal motivation for Andor. Right. But it it feels almost like they're dangling that out there and saying, we're not going to do anything with this. Yet, wait right. for it. Wait for it. But now there's right. two
3: episodes left,
2: <laughs> right?
0: Well, there's the so we a second season. We time yet. yeah, there is mm-hmm. a
2: second season. I I still think it's I don't know, not not my favorite writing trick to to yeah. say. Oh, and here's 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 an interesting shiny thing that we're going to hold out like, and and not tell you about.
1: It's like all of this season um, one, and then right before the credits and the end of episode twelve, to be like Cassian, you know, like it's your sister. Like, okay, come on. But, but <laughs> yeah, I think it might, yeah. it might be something like that, you know. Um, but we do, let me, I'll tell you what, let me jump over here quick, because we do have this this sort of, probably, it's it's also a short scene, but this other pretty ominous scene, right, between uh, the 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 promised meeting from the last episode that Tay has set up uh, between Mon and this banker, this banker, Dafo, who we get the, we don't get a lot of detail, but I forget what she called him—that he's a thug or something to that effect. So he's yeah. Then
0: mm-hmm. well, they pretty much. Sit, Tate told her in the last episode he's a no who made his money on the dark side of things. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and I, he, I you think know, him is like a mobster, organized crime or something.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's—I'll mm-hmm. tell you—it was so funny because I, I thought he was—he was acted so well because it's just—it's that classic, you know. Um. He just really tickles the ear. There's a real devilish kind of thing about him, right? You know, this, this almost like I've, he should have had a mustache and he's like <laughs> literally twirling, <laughs> you know, but he's just sitting there and he's just like, and you know, these, these imperial, you know, or he's like, you know, these banking codes, which they passed without Senate approval, I might add, you know, just really <laughs> like, I, like I'm on your side, you know, and some people with a perfect, perfect reputation, like he's, he's like insulting and complimenting her at the same time. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, my. So we don't know exactly what he does, but it definitely, you know, I mean, I'm you get the impression there's probably some hut money in there. And, you know, it's this it's vulgar, whatever it is. Right. And this bundling thing. But then, of course, the the other sort of shoe drops with this, you know, she's insisting on a, you know, I don't want favors. I want to pay you for this. Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And mm-hmm. uh, and he, again, dangles out this. Sort of surprised. I wasn't expecting this. So, so how did you guys interpret this as far as what the what exactly he's after? I've, most of what I've seen online is is saying this is this shindrillin, you know, um, betrothal type thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. He says I'm not asking for betrothal, and she replies, Then what are we talking about? He says, mm-hmm. An introduction, right. which is you know, like you know, I want a betrothal down the line, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs>
0: I just, for me, although it was, a, it was a brief scene, one of the key things this episode is, as it has been throughout the show, what are people's motives and how far are they willing to go to recognize the rebellion? And so he's kind of grind, grinding Mon Mothma's face in it. What mm-hmm. price are you willing to pay? Especially when you put that in with Luthen's monologue at the end. How much is she willing to pay for the rebellion right. to succeed? What, right. she, what is she willing to sacrifice?
3: And she definitely seems against her own people's decisions. And it's like, uh, she needs, she needs to, yeah, I'll agree with that word. Like she needs to accept and do what she needs for the rebellion, especially if this is such a vital part because you can't have a rebellion if you don't have
1: funds. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's, it's, you know, she, how old like we got a little hint a few episodes ago, which seemed like an offhanded or an unrelated thing, but clearly we got that little discussion at the party about how they were married when they were, what, 14 or 15, I think, mm-hmm. to set this up and, and how that's, she's not exactly a happily married woman and, you know, as mm-hmm. much as these issues she has with her daughter, you get the impression that, at least I get the impression that, you know, she's not on board, obviously with this, <laughs> in in principle, let alone with this guy's kid. At the same time, she
2: is thinking about it. Right. And-
1: yeah, he knows that she so knows he, it. Don't know which,
2: which way she's going to come down. Yeah. I am. This is one of the things that has me in the most suspense out of yeah. this
0: episode, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing they set it up so well with, too, was he comes in and he starts flattering her about standing up for the old Chandlerian ways. Yeah. And he doesn't realize he's doing his little mobster thing and setting her up for the fall.
1: Oh, yeah, and yeah. the look on his face too, when he leaves she's and he's like it's a lot to think about, and you know I'm not thinking about it, and he just that's the first untrue thing you said. It's like, oh mm-hmm. man, he's you know for for a guy that's not in it very long i mean he's he's right up there with some you know sharing some some great star Wars villain traits,
3: <laughs> especially with her trying to hide so much and him sort of getting any sort of sense as to what she's thinking. Right, scared her, and you could sort of see that. It was just like she started panicking and freaking out. I was like,
1: "Get him out of here as quick as possible." Well, that's that's a question I had for you guys. Do you think he has any inkling about what she's up to? Big picture, you know. Or I'm sure he's curious because he knows that if if she's dabbling around with this, like I need to hide four hundred grand, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, well, "There's something that would be good for me to know, <laughs> you know, for the future."
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I I don't. I don't get the sense he's onto the the rebellion though. Um, right. It sounds like he's been chummy with her husband, who right. does not have a clue about the rebellion, as far as we know. Anyway, right.
0: Okay. I think if he is, I guess if anonymity is his thing, then maybe not. But it would be something. He's this of guy who would say, "Well, how can I make money off whatever she's burning this four hundred grand into?"
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So he may not know now, but that doesn't mean he's not trying to find out.
3: Yeah,
1: he'll see it to his interest.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's that, that Moff Gideon speech, which is so it's like one of the most honest speeches I've ever seen in a movie. When he says at the end of season one of Mandalorian, and he's like, you're like, if you're asking if you can trust me, you cannot. I'm you <laughs> know, I will act in my self-interest and you will as well. And mm-hmm. at this time, I it's most advantageous to me for you to cooperate. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. OK, like. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, quick, let's get out of here. You know, but um yes. you get that You're same no impression being with this direct, guy, like right. Mothma, right? <laughs> which reminds, honestly, a little bit of 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 was this name Skeen, the guy, the Aldani heist guy, who you know, not nearly to this level and this precision, but the same kind of like, I'm a rebel too, <laughs> just mm-hmm. against everybody else, or you know, just it's you know, I'm number one, which is we well and we'll keep coming back to that because it's like where is is that ever okay because there's some people on the good guy's side in this show who seem to have the same attitude too so oh my goodness
2: so i think i think as i'm thinking about it i don't think davo would have a clue about the rebellion because if he did i don't think he'd be interested in setting up his son with Von mothma's daughter right i if he's setting up For an arranged marriage, he's expecting Mon Mothma to remain in a position of influence and authority, you know, somebody that he can Mm -hmm. he can use. So he wants to kind of maintain the status quo. Mm -hmm. And if he knew that Mon Mothma was dedicated to upsetting the status quo in some significant way, I I think he would be a lot more reticent, both about making money deals with her, but certainly about matching his son
1: and I, he doesn't seem That's to just like, a theory he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> seem to be like pro-empire in terms of like him having any care about who's governing what but it seems like what What did he say he said something to the effect of the new regulations are as like they're as cumbersome as they are avoidable or something like that like there yeah that like, was so, a great he, line. so he doesn't you know in one way, it's like it would have been more convenient if the empire didn't do X, but I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. So I found a way around it. So it's it's like he's indifferent, you know, to imperial political philosophy. It's Just like where's where's the next angle, <laughs> you know? So, Money, yeah. You know, oh, even though his, his I loved his gestures too. He's like, I'm always just like, what's around that corner? You know, he's just yes. like, oh, you're so crafty, but yeah. Well, um, I'll tell you. Well, let's maybe let's jump over here though to the the main event, of course, with the uh, with the break here. So, what do you guys think of uh, just th- that that exchange between Cassie and and uh, and Kino there in that little whatever room, that little waiting room before they went back into the uh, the cells? What you, would you think of that exchange?
3: I thought it was very interesting because it was like they were talking a lot about power and sort of like who was in control at the time. And you definitely saw that switch of back and forth between Kino and. Cassian about who's actually really in control between the two of them and it was sort of Cassian having to like get him back on track and how like you know was even trying to tell him to like get on program you know focus up right? and let's just comply for now and do our thing he was like no we need to do what we need now and like mm-hmm. now's our chance to actually do something so you're going to listen to me we have a plan follow through with it.
2: Yeah I love that line power doesn't panic I mean yeah. that, that just puts so much in into perspective, and I love the way they gave Kino this. This is, I mean, Andy Circus's performance is amazing as always. Yeah. But, yeah. but I loved the way the writers gave him time. They gave him basically yeah. a good night's sleep to <laughs> kind of change his entire worldview, right?
3: Because mm.
2: uh-huh. he he was he was completely on program yeah and then this news, this revelation, changed his life. You know, no one gets out. Oh, that means I'm not getting out. That means I'm already dead mm-hmm. and and there's only I mean this kind of brings us to the the title of the episode and the, that chant that's mm-hmm. the refrain. you know, there's only one way out, and for him, it's death. Right. There's, there, that's that's the only way out. And yet it's not the only way out, um, at least not for for so many other
1: prisoners. Right. I do. Have sh- I have to real quick. I have to share with the listeners. We had a funny moment before when we were getting set up and josh and robert were in, and i stepped away for a sec to like throw a tea bag out
0: <laughs> and it was it was
1: so funny robert's like josh we know now so he's like we're never gonna have a better chance there's one of him and two <laughs> 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 one way but that one yeah like seizing out. the election. one <laughs> way out of the chant but uh, oh my goodness yeah no i think um well and, and father did you want to add to that at all which is your your thoughts on their exchange there
0: i think you guys have said what i would say so go ahead
1: one, well, I just I love at the end there of of that exchange how how it's Cassian who's the one who's like on program <laughs> mm-hmm. like snaps him back mm-hmm. out of it you know like so it's it's like this role reversal right between them and um and I I think there's just a I've been really struck by Andy Circus's character of of just the you know he's 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 just a he seems like a good leader in a sense or there's a lot of good leadership capabilities like he he has this this respect right you know this respect among the guys in the cell and it's you know it's it's prison and it's you know there's so much that we've talked about that's so just um miserable and depressing and unjust and 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 all of that but at the Mm -hmm. same token here you still you have this human these human relationships um and uh there's still this place for, for respect where, you know, yeah, he's in this position. They don't have a choice over it. But like, even if they had a choice, they seem like they would follow him. You know, he does. He does have this kind of this presence. And that, that just affected me for whatever reason as well.
0: I wonder how the Imperials choose their loop leaders because they did a good job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a better leader than they are, of, of course.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we, then we so we finally see the plan start to come to fruition. You see that teamwork. I I thought it was interesting that you it's the first time you've really seen more consistent like table to table interaction, you know, instead of like it's always just your table. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like that was clearly like a on purpose little hint here of like like this this uh s- symbolic kind of thing or this metaphor for the rebellion too right then you know it's not going to work as long as you're just at your table like there has to be this greater collaboration that's going to spread where people start being willing to take that risk and join each other you know so that was a neat thought i thought there as well yeah
2: that seems to be a common theme of of both um both rogue one and 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 as a series the of, of you know the, the the Empire is the common enemy and squabbling among ourselves is not gonna do anything we need to face the common enemy.
1: It actually reminds me of that old uh you know, the 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 flag of like the the, the broken up serpent, you know, with like the different like like the, the revolutionary war, like all the different territories, it's like you, you know, join or die or like unite and all that. That's that same kind of like messaging. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Like you gotta gotta bring it together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. which you fir- you first see, I, th- I think you first really see it with Cassian in this show when he first really decides to be part of his tables work. Cause he wasn't really part of the, even that team at first. And now he's like leading all these guys in this, this effort. So what'd you think though about what the pipe was for? Cause I was, that was a passing thing earlier, but like him in, in cutting away at that pipe, that was kind of cool what that ended up being all about. <laughs>
0: I thought it was going to be a electrical line or something, but yeah. his plan was much better.
1: I just like yeah, the it's... look on Kino's face when they fry the floor. The floor doesn't work, and he's just like, like looking up, like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: it worked for a moment, and then the then the water shorted everything out. Because um, I think I, at least one of the prisoners did get fried, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the water did its jo- did its
3: job. Yeah, I thought it was funny because if you looked at what, the water coupling that he was trying to break off. It looked like it was just mm-hmm. a little, like a C coupling, like, where you mm-hmm. just would pull it off. And I'm just like, why, why are you cutting into it at that point? Just like <laughs> pull, pry it off. It would save so much loop. time.
1: Or even that I small little
3: loop. hose in the back. Just open that, yeah. you know. <laughs> but no, nope, we got to go through the, the the thickest part there.
1: He's a rebel, not a plumber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I wasn't. This isn't my. This isn't my My expertise. <laughs> But they, you know, it, I felt a little bad for his friend. I don't know that he ever got named or I'm sure he has a name in the credits. But uh, the um, there was, you know, the a friend of his, you know, the African-American guy from like the other table closer mm-hmm. to the bathroom that He was kind of working with who just you'd think that if like, I don't know, like I'm not trying to, you know, God rest the guy's soul, you know, in the show. But, but still, it was like, <laughs> I feel like he could have made that climb. It's like Jack on the door at the end of Titanic. I'm like, just. <laughs> like, I know it has to happen for the plot, but I can't, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, but Cassian gets up there and works it out and they get up and, you know, start the, the actual, uh, uh massive break and they get to the, uh, level eight control room and go in and, uh, what, what were your guys thoughts of, of that scene or just the observations of, uh, and anything jump out at you when they actually got Hello, to the control fantastic.
3: room? on um... I'm not sure if it was on the way up or not, but like a couple of things that I sort of noticed, at least on their way. um, The pistols were the same from Rebels. Or not Rebels, um, episode four. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Hmm. And then whenever I first watched it, I was
1: like, why aren't they grabbing the shoes? Yeah. I I guess they were confident about their burnout, but did that just do that room? I'm not. No, because I
3: wonder where you went up to like the eighth floor whatever. They still had power in there. That's right. It was just like, I guess, on their floor. But, I don't know, it was interesting to see, and I was watching videos after trying to explain it, and they were like, it's an easy way for you to tell noise of being an enemy, because you're used to hearing all of their boots clanking around. It was like, that, yeah.
2: Sneak up on them a little bit. There probably just weren't enough boots for for all the
3: prisoners, so. But I mean, like, at least the main characters. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to look up the name of that, uh, I don't remember what the name of the, uh. The, the yeah there it is I'm, I'm looking up now the DH seventeen Rebel blaster, um, which is interesting that that's the one the rebels have but 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 it was funny because I, I was like you know being snarky watching it I'm like I thought no fan service like just, no, they had a lot they had a good no, no, like, like you know like just because something shows up in Star Wars that looks like it's from Star Wars doesn't mean it's fan service <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly but no I did I appreciated that because the aesthetic was 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 pretty awesome, you know, just to remind you that like we really are, you know, just a few years before that timeline. And, you know, so that was pretty cool. But, uh, was I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The, uh,
0: the, the cold blooded shooting of the first officer. Yeah. That's yeah. was another, what are you willing to do to win?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it, it made me realize, okay, so a lot of these people are prisoners because they committed some kind of heinous crime and are, Probably killers, and then a lot of other people are probably tourists. Like Cassie right. was <laughs> right. pretending to be, who yeah. just got swept up by the system, and yeah. and we don't know who's who, right? You know,
1: still don't, because yeah, yeah. a lot of these guys yeah. we're not going to see again.
0: Yeah, uh, um, and then but uh, to the end of the scene, I was really expecting him to gun down the other two. Just yeah, because and he doesn't. You could yeah. tell it was in mind, mm-hmm. but he chose not to.
1: When he's, you know, we, and we've seen him do that before. We know he does it again in the future in Rogue One, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so that's a recurring challenge for him. I thought, by the way, it was interesting in the uh, on IMDB in the uh, in the credits. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they had down like the the the, um, the modulated like voice that they always hear. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. to see. The real guy behind the microphone—it's like a Wizard of Oz type moment—but they had <laughs> it in the in the credits as voice of God,
3: yeah. yeah which that's I thought, I was <laughs> like, well,
1: that's, okay, you know, um, didn't want to—I didn't necessarily just you know want to go down the theological implications of that in Star Wars, but I thought that was an interesting way to put it because, but the neat idea of this, just like. Who is that voice? You know, I don't know. And then it's Kino, of course.
3: some tall guy. Right. Of <laughs> yeah. course, Kino
1: sounded enough like Snoke that I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to bring those theories up again this week. But
2: <laughs> I thought it was hilarious know. that he, like, tried this kind of, like, logical, like, shut it down. That could mean so many things. Right. <laughs>
3: and then he just shoots the next guy. Bam. It's like, yeah, I yeah, it's like it. oh I okay. got,
0: it. I got it. Let me Sort of like, Princess Bride. Oh, all that key. Yes, yes, yes.
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when he talks about you're shutting the hydraulics down, and then that guy's like, uh, he's got the and it's back to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You
0: yeah. oh,
1: oh start
2: like,
0: back up again. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I was also intrigued by their costumes, because they weren't the standard yeah. Imperial costumes. They had no. the, the kind of color blocking on the sleeves that yeah. that um, that the prisoners had, but they also had the Imperial caps and insignia, So I wasn't, are these, are these prisoners that the Empire is using or, or are they Imperial officers or I I just, yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know. I I mean, it
1: it kind of reminded me a little like the cloner uniforms, you know, like the Camino type, but it looked more like that than a, you know, but that wouldn't. Well, oh, no, I'm not going to stupidly like, that. Mm-hmm. And they keep Kino and we don't know what happens to him. And he becomes Snoke. I'm like, OK, that's it's like, no, I think it's just Andy Serkis is in the show.
0: Boiler alert. Boiler alert.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Internet theories are fun. Just say so. no to Snoke.
0: Right. everybody knows smoke is really jar
1: jar anyway so that's right yeah
0: <laughs>
1: we actually did it a- this for- is what for- you get when you try to clone jar jar
0: <laughs>
2: well for
1: uh for for fans of the secrets of star wars who are listening who have not yet uh gone back and listened to I, I don't remember i think we did it a year or so ago we did a darth jar jar episode we did we did a whole darth Ooh. jar jar deep deep dive it's back there somewhere so i'll look for that yeah, me too <laughs> oh man it was it was fun um so but we yeah so we have this this inspiring speech right kino's there he's not we still don't really know why you know is he nervous is he, what? what's his deal and, and uh um he, what is what is what does like is that the best you can do yeah right? He's like come on and motivates him and then kino of course gives this you know increasingly rousing and, and very you know, his heart's in it type speech where you can really feel <clears throat> his real sort of um Real expression, you know, of his attitude of the injustice and all of that and and, and firing everybody up. There's five thousand of us, you know, and they're all running. And it was I thought the mm-hmm. cinematography of it and the music, the music has grown on me. I didn't really like it. The first episode or two It was just a little too. Uh, some of it just seemed like stock, uh, you know, kind of in some cases mm-hmm. it wasn't. But I, I've noticed it's it's changed. And my I said to my wife, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I said, you know, like the opening titles, it was very. Mechanical and sort of you know modulated and futuristic and kind of Blade Runner y you know, but this time it was much more symphonic you know and, and orchestral and and um I I wonder if that's like meant to be like we're you know the very mechanistic empire but we're like moving towards you know this harmonious rebellion and new republic I don't know like maybe I'm reading into it but that that was the impression I got like a little hinting that there's there's something more natural something less twisted and you know i don't know um but we we get that scene that breakout scene and and then kino says it as they're all jumping off and what was your guys reaction when we found out why he was so reluctant this whole time for the one way out
3: he can't swim <laughs> oh i thought it was interesting though because he was just smiling there standing there like haha i can't swim it's it's just... all fun, it's all fun. The well,
2: all the other prisoners are, are like going around him mm-hmm. and and like they're they're letting him stand there, mm-hmm. you know, whereas, you know, we it's almost been a stampede up to that. Point. Right. And you see you see people getting knocked people
3: down go, and,
2: and Cassian himself gets pushed off the platform. And I I was thinking, oh, Cassian's going to go back and help him. Or say, mm. I'll, you know, I'll carry you. I'll, I'll make sure you yeah. make it, or something. But he gets swept off himself, and
0: yeah. I mean, if I it was between falling hands and the Imperials and jump and hope someone will help me, my choice would be jump and hope someone will help me. So I was a little, little baffled yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my choice. I'm sitting here on a comfortable couch. What do I know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I once yeah. had an
2: opportunity to jump off a 10 meter platform and I can swim and it was still scary as heck. And yeah. and like, you know, taking a long jump into water, even when you know what you're doing
1: is, is not an easy thing. I did one of those like confidence course things and I was, I was hang- probably about the same height and I was hanging from a rope above it or like a, like a cable uh-huh. and they yell up to, you, they're like, all right, let go. And I, I've described it as like my brain instantly told my hands let go. And my hands said, no, (laughs) I was was, was literally like trying to, Hey, Hey, come on. (laughs) Like it was the weirdest, But, but yeah, there's, there's an instinct. There's like dueling instincts in there. Um, I was just surprised. I mean, I'm sure he's not the only guy out of that crew who can't swim, but, but it's still like, and we don't know that everybody even got up or came up the whole way. But, uh, But yeah, that's, you know, I mean, in theory, probably the last time we've we see his character. And and what a, I mean, I think he's one of the standouts, at least, you know, my take Mm -hmm. here from this this whole season.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Great, great character. Great performance. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh.
3: Oh, no, I I absolutely love this character as well. Um, I thought he was a phenomenal person, especially at the end. I mean, it still showed that he had a bit more to him. But, like, mm. all he really knew was that prison. it seemed like. Right. You know, whenever everything started to change, he was having a lot of personal struggles, especially towards the end there. Was, with the way, even with, like, the speech, he was just like, I'm not sure about this, Even, Yeah. But, I uh, I think it was a good way to end him without sort of making him survive and then just
1: sort of go off
3: into the distance.
0: As far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... <man. laughs>
1: At the at the risk of sounding like a broken record to, again, you know, regular fans of the show, it's, it's no surprise. And I, I know I'm not alone in this. So I'm not, you know, this is like some brave observation, you know, thing that I hold to. I think a lot of people do. One of my r- just challenges with with uh, the sequel trilogy, you know, especially Rise of Skywalker, was just that no matter what was sort of promised or hinted at, when it's all said and done, it's just like the stakes are just not actually yeah. really that high. like you don't you know and like i've i've said many times like i don't i didn't it's not that i wanted Chewie and lando to die in a blaze of glory in the falcon it's like if that happens it 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 drives the story deeper and connects with you and makes it makes it a sacrifice and it's just there's just nothing really there and even you know 3po's memory wipe and then oh hey r2 had a backup after all like yeah you know, it's like okay <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's that. like but in this it's like you know, here's this guy he's in a couple of episodes we know nothing about him and he's gone. And I feel more emotionally so, sort of, you know, connected to and sad and satisfied as from a story, you know, story receiving standpoint, narrative standpoint. It's it, I guess what I'm saying is it, it's it's right. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's his destiny and that makes sense. And I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And I just think that's just, that's just good writing, <laughs> you know, um, that's that's my take, at least. So I think that's that is something that this shows is, is delivering here and there, certainly with him. Oh, I
2: agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's in fact, it's one of my frustrations with the show that um, we have such great characters in all of these sort of mini arcs, and and then the central character of the show seems so flat and and unchanging, and, and like like I just I have such a hard time connecting, and it's. It's not Diego Luna's fault. He is a right. fantastic actor and yeah. doing an amazing job portraying the character, but I think the writers are just not, not building Cassie Nandor himself up as an interesting character to tell a story around. Um, but, well, I mean, I, and, but I love all of the other supporting characters in the show. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like you it's feel like weird. if Kino,
1: like Kino, escaped somehow and Cassian was left behind, you'd be like, okay, okay, we've got the Kino show. Like I'm really, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I'd be, I'm I would really be interested in so that. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. going show up in season three of The Mandalorian. Don't worry.
1: There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be there somewhere. Um, they'd have
2: to, they'd have to age him up a little bit.
1: Yeah, just a tad. Unless he's Whatever. Snoke. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the last time I said. I'm done. That's the last time. Well,
2: we're gonna cut you off, Mike. That's right. Yeah, that's. I've, I've,
1: I've met my exceeded my quota quite a bit. You know, Angela's listening somewhere right now, just face palming. <laughs> <Mike, laughs> enough. It. So, so I did um, think on the escape oh, yeah. scene.
0: Also, the end of yeah. it, uh, the guys fanning out of the water is another one of. I know we've talked on several episodes about but just how visually well done the show is. Yeah, and that image of everybody fanning out—it reminded me of was one of the few good moments in *The Last Jedi* with all the attack vehicles going across the desert, leaving the blood red trails behind. Yeah, the same kind of idea, just this standing mm. surge of something.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's when you see a good like a frame that you can just like you know I I could imagine that like as as a print on my wall. Like it's just it's a beautiful, mm. very intriguing shot. You know. Um. well do, do you guys is there anything else on the prison break you wanted to make sure we covered it all or want or to jump over to this other this the other arc it was pretty cool the thing I had
3: was Please, maybe yeah. like, it was up for like maybe a few seconds but it was just all of the guards then hiding behind a door with like oh, yeah. all of the screwdrivers and all of those like more like primitive the things sticks yeah, yeah they didn't have their guns it was all just like sticks and things that they could beat them yeah. with yeah I just thought it was interesting to see that because then it's just like they really were cowards all along. Yeah, it's like you, you see them just like okay, let them all leave. We lost. We're done. Mm-hmm. And how quickly they were just to surrender about it.
0: In, in a or or pretty hierarchical <laughs> structure, when the hierarchy's gone, the minions don't know what to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they, I, th- I think Cassian was right. They really didn't have enough guards. And yeah. what are you going to do when you've got literally five thousand prisoners charging at you?
0: You
3: know, it's yeah.
2: yeah. They, I, I think they were just being smart.
1: Maybe thinking about their own escape plan because they're probably not going to be looking at a really good career path after, after well, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're
0: already not did get a plum assignment. This is not going to help anything.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we have alongside this earlier. You know, we we mentioned um, this other. Sort of subplot. We don't get a whole lot here uh, in terms of of screen time for Dedra Miro, but we see this this next step of their plan. This this faint sort of operation that they were setting up in the last episode with uh, Anto Krieger, who we don't know a whole lot about, but this this other rebel group that Saw doesn't want to work with, and you know Luthen's trying to you know get get these you know, different folks to uh, at least cooperate to some degree. Um, but now we see this guy referenced again, uh, this pilot has been captured and they, they didn't say how they do it, but they, I, I believe he was alive, uh, <laughs> originally when they captured him, but they promptly undo that situation by conveniently killing Funny him, making it, happens. Yeah, making it look like it was some hydraulic failure because they want to draw out Krieger's group, uh, into, uh, uh some kind of, of recovery operation where then they can track him down and find out where he's hiding out with his rebel group. So this is you know, an ongoing ISB operation. Uh, they're monitoring the situation. Um, what's his name? Major... Is um, uh, it Partagas? Yeah. So he's, he comes I'm in he's like... What's... I have my... Yeah, thank God for Wikipedia here. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> Supervisor <laughs> Lonnie, is it... I. It says J-U-N-G. When I see that, I think of Carl Jung. So I'm going to say Jung. I, I don't know if it's Jung. Probably Jung. But Lonnie you know, the red haired guy, you know, you've seen him a couple times. Mm-hmm. He's just an ISB guy, you know, no big deal. Right. Well, then we, lo and behold, find out that, uh, he is actually, uh, Luthens mole in the ISB. So we have this, this pretty, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for this, this sort of an in, intriguing, sort of revealing, uh, and also kind of nerve wracking, uh, at least for me <laughs> exchange at the end where Lonnie's super nervous. He's going down into the, bowels of uh, of of Coruscant to meet with Luthan. It says it's been a, a year since they last met. Uh, he's been kind of working his way up at the ISB, and he wants to tell Luthan about Miro. You know, you gotta watch out for her. Luthan, of course, denies any involvement in Aldani. You know, we get this window of being these flies in the wall into just how much deception Luthan's playing. Um, mm-hmm. And then he has this meeting with Lonnie. and Lonnie wants out because he has a family, he's got a young daughter, he feels like he's in or over his head, and I i have it here, it's on IMDB, someone actually typed up the, the thing Luthen says, so I thought I'd share it with you guys and we can unpack this if that's alright. So he's, he's back and forth and he says uh, about, he really respects Lonnie's sacrifice and Lonnie uh, retorts, he you know, says, you know, and, and what, you know, what do you sacrifice? And Luthen says... Uh, and I'm, you know, still in Skarsgård. I just, you know, I should just play the clip, but because it's just so awesome. But he says, he says, what do I sacrifice? He says, calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance and inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space, I share my dreams with ghosts, I wake up every day to an equation I wrote fifteen years ago from which there's only one conclusion, I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight, they've set me on a path from which there is no escape, I yearned to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I looked down there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. So, <laughs> that's probably the that's you know the most into Luthen's character we've seen yet. He still retains this mystery, but, but what do you guys... What was your take on this pretty dramatic conclusion here and any thoughts on Luthen <laughs> or speculation?
2: Well, we, we, we talked a little earlier about um, the interaction between Davo and, and Mon Mothma and how it's, um, we didn't use the words then, but, but it, you know, he was kind of offering her a Faustian bargain. Right. And, and now with Luthen, we're seeing, you know, this, this is, explicitly a Faustian bargain you know he he has given up his soul he uses the word you know the the language of damnation for what he has done and and I think that's really interesting the you know just bringing in that whole kind of history of of Faustian bargains in literature and and that whole question that it raises you know what what are you willing to sacrifice for for what you want and yeah he he ends it with the ego that started this fight mm-hmm. will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude what did i sacrifice everything you know so so his summary is everything to him is his ego having that gratitude mm. which which is like really self-centered in in a in a weirdly devilish way.
0: I didn't quite read it that way. I think everything encompassed everything that he mentioned in the whole thing leading up to it. It might be the capstone's what you said, but he, 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 he was saying I sacrificed my whole entire self and everything I wanted for mm-hmm. this. Ego being a part of it, but not necessarily the whole story.
1: I wonder about the you know cuz of course you can you could get into a whole um can of worms here and and I'm sure we could will will continue to with this show and with the future the next season and everything but the um <laughs> the the I and by the way I I don't think they've I think the plan is as I saw it that you know this is this is meant to be this long drawn out more meandering in some ways kind of kind of show to really kind of set the stage and then season 2 is is these arcs of like one year like three episodes for one year you know, like four years before the the Death Star, three years, you know, uh, you know BBY, two years BBY, like just building up like that. Um, so this, I don't know who will be around in season two, but but the the reason I bring that up is just it seems like there will there's always this this room for contemplating from a Catholic perspective the the you know rock solid teaching we have down through the centuries of the Church, right from our Lord Himself, that it is never permissible you know, to do evil in the hopes that good might come from it. And that's right. that big. What I find tricky with Star Wars is it's like it's I love evaluating it. And that's what this show really is about in so many ways, like evaluating it from our Catholic um, framework. But it's also tricky because it's like, how does that work within like in universe, though? Because what is their morality? <laughs> like what, you know, what mm. is the force? You know, it has its own light side and dark side. It's a tricky thing, I find.
0: Even in secular terms, the phrase that springs to mind too is something I ran across in a book. The one thing you can't give for your heart's desire is your heart.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's
0: what Luther did. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What was that phrasing? in uh "I've given up all chance at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space, and it's just like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Well, you know, and it's like, and I, I know why, but also what you know, like you're." Yeah. But then he but he 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 dresses it though too in this language of like burning my decency for someone else's future, or, like to make a sunrise I'll never see. There's this like self-sacrificial I mean you can't help but think of Cassian's real you know, like getting melted by the Death Star explosion. Yeah, I mean like that's there's that mm-hmm. there's a sunrise. <laughs> I mean we're we're on our way to what Luthan's talking about, but <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah. you know, um but yeah, that I don't know. I, I think my biggest question with him is what he meant when he was talking to saw about how he's a coward. Like, does he actually think he should be on the front lines? I mean, like this, whatever he's doing seems to be the thing he's good at. And that's an important role, you know, in any kind of rebellion type or any operation like this. You you do need people like him, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Just I'm, I'm really curious about who he is. That's my biggest question, I think, about this show.
0: Because he tells us what he sacrificed, but he still has never really told us what his motive is for being in the rebellion in the first place.
1: Right. Well, everybody's God everybody's talking about the fifteen year comment because that's so precise, and that's right at the beginning of the whole thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like not well, six months ago or two years ago.
2: <laughs> a lot, a lot about this speech, and and also about the framing of it, and um, and also thinking about. How we were first introduced to him on Ferex, um, where he was without his wig as, as he is in this scene, um, was wearing a cloak. And at that time he was carrying a, what some people said was a cane or some people said was a stick, but looked like a lightsaber with a physical blade. Rather than, mm. you know, kind of, kind of like the, the toy lightsabers that, that we right. now have Until so you, right. today. Um, <laughs> except his blade would retract really nicely. Um, and, and, you know, at that point, I wondered, you know, is, is he connected to the Jedi? And other people have raised that idea that he, he is, you know, an escapee from Order 66. And this, this scene, very much gives me the feeling because he doesn't really talk about any actual concrete things that he has given up. You know, he talks about the abstractions. You know, kinship, maybe love, kindness. But I share my dreams with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that and the the kind of cloak that he has, I, I kind of feel like he's a former Jedi who is let himself slip into the dark side in order to fight his enemy. You know, I'm condemned to
1: use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think and, about that? Cause I, I, I tend to yeah. like, I don't know. I think there has to be at least some kind of Jedi connection somewhere you know, just mm-hmm. because of a lot of reasons and the Kyber crystal thing. And like, you know, there's holocrons he's got on the shelf. I, I don't know. There's, there's, mm-hmm something's there
3: with him having so much with history and observing so many different cultures. I feel like he would definitely look towards the Jedi and the force as probably the most reasonable, I'm guessing for like their Mm. time. I'm not sure if like, but like everybody seems to know the force and I I wouldn't be surprised if he either like was a Jedi or was like a Moz where they're just like heavily trusted in the
1: force kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Or well, what if he's like a guardian of the will, too, or something like that? I hadn't thought of that.
0: Whatever that is.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, one of, he's one of those, you know, Donnie Yen's crew. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a Rogue One, you know, connection in a way, too. I yeah. wonder. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that till now. Yeah, that's a good thought.
0: I thought. Too, if you think back to that scene, his first showdown with Cassian when he's recruiting him. And then he tells Saul he's a coward. He's not a coward. Uh, I mean, there's a very real possibility Andrew just goes ahead and shoots him there.
1: Right. Unless
0: yeah. you've got four abilities, you can tell what Andrew's thinking.
3: Oh yeah. Oh.
1: It just they just give it away where he just like in the first scene he's just like going like this to everyone he talks to. It's like, <laughs> no, no, he can't. I'm doing that. But, yeah. This huh. is the end well, you are looking for. Right. <laughs> yes.
2: I, I I wonder a little bit if he's not. Kind of like Luke in in um, uh, the Last Jedi, you know,
1: having cut himself off from the force. Yeah, I don't know. We at least know that's that's possible, you know. Yeah, in canon. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I'm sorry, sorry. I couldn't resist. I I, you know the uh, I just for some reason (laughs) thinking the other day when when Vader's dying, you know, Luke's like you know he's like you take my helmet off. He says nothing can stop that now, and I'm like unless you put your hand over top of me and just tr- will really, really hard for me to be healed.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Oh my. No, but, uh, but yeah, so um, do you guys, anything else you guys want to share here? Cause you know, he says at the end, and then one last thing. the last thing I wanted to say was just that, you know, he's saying I need as many heroes as I can get. And that's of course mm-hmm. the, the cue, the visual mm-hmm. cue to cut back to Cassian and Melchi running. And you're like, well, you know, he doesn't have any idea where Cassian is. Like clearly they have to link back up at some point, you know, and whether that's Cassian reaching out to him because he's like, listen, you know, no hard feelings. I thought I could handle my myself out here in the universe. I can't. I need to be part of something bigger. Who knows how that's gonna go? Um, so what, any any thoughts you guys have about the episode as a whole or anything in particular, any themes?
0: Back on that though, remember yeah. uh the rebellion such as it is has Cassian's bomb under surveillance, so they might mm-hmm. be quite ready to draw him back in that way, too.
1: Right. Hmm. I think that has to come into play anyway, yeah. So we'll at least get a little more of Marva.
0: Yep, thank you. I can't I'm name.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely expecting Marva to show up in the last couple episodes, but also I think Krieger's going to be a part of it. I think we're going to see the sacrifice that Krieger and his 50 men make.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, do you guys remember that scene? There, there was a clip in the trailer of that weird, like, laser thing shooting out of the ship, and, and Luthan appeared to be in the ship. Some space oh. battle or something. That, went, And we haven't seen that yet, whatever. That's the only thing I remember from the trailers I haven't seen yet.
0: Um, I think Silas is going to go over the edge here at some point, too. But does he get so mad that we just won't listen to that he becomes a rebel? Or, mm. or, or where does that go? I don't, I don't think we've seen the last of him by a long shot. Uh,
2: you're talking about um, Cyril.
0: Cyril, Cyril, Cyril. Sorry, yes. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, this is this is. I think he was absent from the last episode, and he was absent from this episode. We didn't see him at all, and mm-hmm.
0: um, I think he's just sitting here in his office doing.
1: Was he in the last? Yeah, was it the last one where he was like, yeah, hanging out outside, you know? And
3: yeah. oh, that could be, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like creeping on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh. he wasn't in this episode.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. And, and I very much want to see where his story is going because mm-hmm. series wide, I think he might be my favorite character.
1: I, I know what you mean. I, I tend to, I tend to agree. <laughs> I think there's a lot of he's potential there.
0: Like in four.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm rooting for him, but man, he's interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: The last one you can kind of see. I mean, Deadra's just gone full out evil at this point. Right. So, you know, the one guy left is doing what he thinks his duty
3: is. Yeah. I feel like Deadra's also starting to be left behind. Like, in that little short scene that we saw of her, Lonnie actually gave the suggestion mm. of whatever it was. And then she just kind of storms out of the room in like a fuss and is just like, he's not going to listen to me anymore. So, it's like, Whenever um, the other man from the ISB that she used to have the quarrels with, um, he was like, you got to always watch your back. And
1: now here oh, right. Lonnie is yeah. taking taking his spot. Well, she has no idea why, but he's, <laughs> he's actually an agent. Um, I didn't I really didn't see him coming. I got to say there was a that, that was a good, good twist, I think. So we'll we'll see what happens. But all right. Well, guys, anything else you want to? Unpack, are we are we good? Till <laughs> until, until next time.
2: Until, okay. Until <laughs> right. next week. Until next time. Yeah.
1: Alright, well. In that case, you. that's right. In that case, that's, uh, that's <laughs> it from us for this week. So, uh, listeners, what did you think of this episode of Andor? Please let us know. We'd love to hear, uh, we'd love to hear your take. So anytime you want to give us that, you can email us any feedback you want over at Star Wars at sqpn.com or you can visit the Star Quest Discord community. It's sqpn.com slash Discord. Uh, you can also find the Star Quest, find Star Quest, I should say, on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at SQPN. Previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars can be found by visiting sqpn.com slash star wars, which is where you can find the Darth Jar Jar episode, for example. (laughs) We'd also like (laughs) to take a moment to, Oh, my gosh. I think I might go listen to it again. I don't remember. (laughs) We got pretty deep. (laughs) So we'd also like to just take a moment before we close out here to, as always, thank our Secrets of Star Wars patrons this week, including Donna C, Maria X, Tim L, Daniel E., and Kevin N. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting SQPN.com/slash give. Last but not least, be sure to follow the Secrets of Star Wars in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, or on the SQPN YouTube channel where you should hit the bell to get notifications we'd really appreciate it also if you could give us uh, just you know, take a minute and give us a nice review over there on Apple Podcasts and uh, share it far and wide help us grow our community so we can reach more listeners and don't forget to order your very own Secrets of Star Wars uh, merch t-shirt phone case uh, all kinds of stuff notebook whatever you want visit sqpn.com slash merch for that stuff and uh, so next time we'll be back to unpack and or season one episode eleven which I don't know the title of just yet. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, mark your calendars because you'll definitely not want to miss that. So until then, uh, Robert King, thank you so much for joining me for The Secrets of Star Wars. It's great to be here. And Father Jeff, thanks so much for joining us as well.
0: Better than ever.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And last but not least, Josh Bigley, thanks so much. Always happy to join. And once again, I'm Mike Creevy. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Here's another show on
0: the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Middle-Earth. Find it wherever you can find podcasts or at sqpn.com slash Middle-Earth.